everybody. Welcome to the Homeworkies podcast. And we are real excited today because we are talking with another one of our Hallmark writers. And it's our, I think, fourth time having Tracy and Doreen on the show. Tracy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm happy to be here. And I was actually wondering, it was like, when I, before we we started the call, I was like, is this my fourth one? Because I think the last one we did, it was uh, you, me and Kat. Yeah, which was legendary. (laughs) It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yes, we just seen a lot of people the rails don't know. Were, yeah, it yeah. went off the rails from like the get go. <laughs> no, yes, this is like, our fourth. I'm, no, yeah, third. I'm excited. Today. Third. Is it? Third. Because we had uh we've had Tracy Gardner on, uh, who is another yeah. author. So this is our well, third time. Last time was you and Katrina Law, who is your sister-in-law. So mm-hmm. that was really fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, Today, it's very exciting because not only are you here as an incredible screenwriter for Hallmark Films, but you're also your first time novelist. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. I am excited. I am really thrilled um, to, to be able to kind of like shift gears a little. I mean, it's yeah. still Christmas. It's still, it's all Christmas my, all the time, yeah. but at least it's a, it's a different kind of, um, not genre, but a yeah. different platform. Well, it is a different genre because this is a young adult book. It's it's quite That's different. True. And yeah. yeah, I just felt so proud of you. Oh, thank you. That's so amazing. <laughs> so I, you know, my got the my degree from the University of Oklahoma in writing uh, at in in novelist novel not novel in novel writing or whatever in, in writing, uh-huh. and that was kind of the in um, the the direction that my my interest was in. And when I moved to Los Angeles to get into screenwriting, I taught myself everything there is. I'm self-taught in screenwriting, but in terms of, of writing uh, for fiction, I am, uh, that's what I got my degree in. So it was kind of, I, you know, a, just a dream come true to have Penguin Random House reach out in um, November of 2019 and say, um, sent me an email and essentially was like, would you be interested in writing a book? And I was like, I'm, oh yeah, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you know, like, yes. So this is something you'd always wanted to do is to write a novel. Yeah. 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 And, um, and it, the, the folks that my experience with Penguin Random House, uh, who are, you know, are the, the big, um, the, the mothership and then Viking teen is what, uh, so this is Christmas, which is the name of the, the mm-hmm. young adult novel. Uh, is published under, but it's all part of the same entity. And so I've been working with um, Eileen and, you know, I've never pronounced Eileen's last name. And so I don't want to mispronounce that. I've always just been Eileen and um, (laughs) Eileen and Claire and and all these people. um, And uh, they brought in Regina Hayes, who is my editor, who's just, she's a legend in the editing world. And they told me beforehand, they're like, we, she came out of retirement to um, to work on my book, and I was oh, just no so honored. Way. She's she's worked, yeah, she's worked with like Roll Doll and the Stinky Cheese Guy, and so many other. And Sarah Deason, who is uh, sort of one of the, the the just queens of the young adult genre, and she's um, she's amazing. Sarah is one of her books. So I've read a bunch of her books before. I kind of like. Uh, I read a lot of book young adult novels before I dove into to writing so this is Christmas and so um, so yeah so I was just the whole experience has been from start to now um, just a wonderful mm-hmm. dream experience kind of pinch me yeah you know? so did so. they then so did they approach you and say we want you to write a YA novel or did you end up coming up with it they just say we want you to write a novel and then you end up writing YA no, they came to me specifically. Originally, it was two, two, uh, two options. One was, um, do I want to write a, a children's picture book? And that is more difficult for me, just because that's, you know, I love sure. children's picture books, but, you know, I, I, this is, um, it's easier for me to write a young adult novel. So they came at me with a picture book and a young adult novel. And I came up with uh, six ideas, three ideas for uh, picture books, three ideas for uh, young adult novels. And or maybe four each. I can't remember now. That I think about it, but something like that. And um, for the the picture books, they were like, yeah, that, that didn't work. <laughs> it was kind of like, wah, wah. Um, but but for the young adult novels, 
um, I, that's where Eileen is, is, uh, that's her, her, uh, department. And she really liked my ideas. And the we came down to two that I, we were going to do. And she was like, which of the two do you think you, you want to do? And, and I was like, I think I could do it. So this is Christmas because it's the closest to the, to the Hallmark, you know, mm -hmm. paradigm, but also I knew I could play around with it. Um, the other one that I had this idea uh, was going to take a lot more research and it was much more, um, it was going to be a lot more involved. And so she was like, awesome. I love it. Let's go. Save that like, for book two. Save that. Well, book two is actually already in the works and nice. it's called, so, so this is love. And it's a continuation of Finley on oh, journey. Cute. And it's set around Valentine's day. Oh, cute. That'll be good. Yeah. I'm excited for that. So yeah. So did you read like Dash and Lily, Let It Snow, mm -hmm. like kind of books like yep. that? There, yeah. They sent me. They sent me a bunch of of uh, like Steph Perkins, um, uh, French Kiss, which is great, by the way. If anyone wants, she's just a really good writer. Maureen Johnson, who did, um, um, she was also one of the writers of Let It Snow. John Green, Maureen Johnson, mm -hmm. and now I'm, um, and I think it's Steph. Steph might Perkins is, might be the third one on that. Um, excuse me and so and maureen johnson did and i'm like i can literally look at the, the oh i should run into the other room and go look at it but she writes she's written a bunch of uh, novels i love her voice i love her voice she is also hilarious on twitter so if you really want to follow someone mm. funny on twitter mm -hmm. she's she just goes off on these tangents like this one that was most recent was about a cat that she just happened to find and just you know on the streets of new york mm -hmm. she's great so i read her I read John Green. I read um, just you know Dash and Lily and their their adventures, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm -hmm. And kind of took it all in, and then kind of had a moment where I was like, you know, here's here are all these different voices, different styles. What's mine? And at first, I was trying to figure out like, do I try to to shift my style more like John Green, or do I try to shift it more like Maureen Johnson? And so. It, there, uh, you can kind of, if you, when you read the book, you can kind of see little bits at the beginning, particularly at the beginning where I'm kind of finding my way in terms of my voice, but I could almost tell you exactly when I found my voice. And from that point on, it just, the book takes off, you know, and it's, it's, I figured out what I, what I, what I want to say and how I want to say it. And, mm -hmm. um, and that's, that was kind of the, the figuring out mm -hmm. part of it all. That sounds like a really empowering experience because yes. it seems like with the, the homework uh, writing, like it's not as it, like you have to fit it within the brand. So yeah. maybe not as much your, in, your voice in particular, like some, of course, but yeah, is well, that's, this. you're right. You are correct. Um, that was one of the things that was the most fun is mm -hmm. uh, about this is I could just I, you know, for a novel that had 90,000 words, I had fewer notes than I do for my, no my homework scripts. <laughs> you know, when That's I got it back, I was like, not, not the, not the little notation editing. I mean, talking about like substantive notes, they had a couple, the, the, the publishers had a couple and Regina had a couple. And I was like, you know what, those are valid points. I'm mm -hmm. going to make a little shifts here, but nothing like where I've had, where you know, switch for Christmas. I've got 10 days before we're going to start, you know, pre really shooting this thing. I think we were 10 days before pre-production and I got the note, this particular uh, storyline had to be fundamentally changed and it affected acts three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. And I was like, I, and I remember just sitting there like feeling my chest cave in. It was like, I, this just, you know, the, and I not knowing how to do this. And Lee called Lee Friedlander, who was, um, you know, the director mm -hmm. and she was her idea for switched. And so she calls me up after the, after our notes call. And she was like, all right, we're going to figure this out. I'm like, Lee, <laughs> Lee. And she's like, I know, I know. I'm like, Lee. <laughs> You're like, can I just cry for one day? I, no, I, I kind of did for a day, but then we kind of like took a deep breath and we figured it out. You know, but it was, you know, that yeah. moment of like, oh my God, that was nothing like that happened with the book. And that's like 90,000 words, you know, where it's so much more is going on. And I was like, yep. Yeah. But the thing is with Hallmark 
and this is to their credit is you know they they've they've got a, an idea of of um, what the brand itself is you know and you know that you can't do certain things right so you kind of work within that paradigm as best you can now obviously i think most people who've been watching it recently know that there have been some changes but fundamentally that you know you're still going to have um things that are hallmark about it you know and so you know that there's certainly like i'm not going to suddenly have aliens land in the middle of this you know this at least not that i'm aware of not, that may change but um i think we're gonna avoid aliens darn it i'm pro um, alien movie <laughs> hey i will say this you know not to jump out of the book for a second but uh-huh. the, the one that i a kiss before christmas a kiss before christmas um, that's coming up this year with uh, James Denton and Terry Hatcher uh-huh. has a sci-fi vibe to it that was oh. really and we'll, we'll and we'll get to it in a second. But I just want to say that was for me. I just like my hands. I it was a, it was a, a rewrite, but my hands were like you know <laughs> rubbing together. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get into it because it was it was Hallmark. It's very Hallmark, but it's it's a little yeah. different twist together. So well, and then with the with the book, it's kind of like you know. I was allowed to use bad words. There's, you know, spoiler mm-hmm. for people who don't like to have, you know, any profanity. Yeah. There's, you can't There's do some. that in young adult novels. Let right. me tell you, that was another thing I figured out after reading all those young adult novels. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, I can't. <laughs> in fact, I will look like the biggest prude on the planet if you know I I don't do certain things, you know, and mm-hmm. just make it more realistic in terms of um, yeah. 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 What did you like talk to your nieces or like try to kind of get a feel for, for writing a teen voice? No, (laughs) Um, I didn't. I actually really like, like young adult novels in general. Um, Uh I also have a tendency to, I think probably speak in a, a less mature fashion in certain things. So I think I kind of, you know, just kind of got it. Uh, and I that, and Finley, the the protagonist for So This Is Christmas, um, is sort of preternaturally m- mature and intelligent. Even though she's got em- emotional insecurities that she's going to have to sort of deal with through the the course of this book, um, and just in you know her life in general. But that you know she's got a certain um, uh, intelligence about her that is it opens it up to to having her speak in a way that's not necessarily how normal teens speak. And also, when you if you try to incorporate how normal teens speak, <laughs> it becomes a little annoying. <laughs> I don't know like just trying to even if you're incorporating how normal people speak, you have to sort yeah. of uh, as a as a whether as a screenplay writer or a uh, a novelist, you have to kind of tidy that up a little bit to make mm-hmm. it palatable yeah so yeah yeah that makes sense that makes sense to me uh so <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about the book uh, and sure uh, yeah what it's about it's basically you know the the i think the the synopsis i should have right in front of me right i i uh but it's about finley brown who is this you know six just newly turned 16 and she's uh gone spent the last six months well she grew up in a small town in Oklahoma called Christmas, Oklahoma. And um, the whole town is kind of um, fallen into a state of disrepair. But before it did so, it was uh, trying to become a tourist attac- attraction town by making everything sort of in the Christmas theme. Um, and they're with over a year sometime because of some things that happened, it's, it's kind of fallen on hard times. So, but Finley herself, know she's her, her parents <clears throat> her mom and dad um she's an only child uh and her grandmother runs a, a little an inn in the town and um and Finley has always been just too smart for her own good so she's actually jumped ahead a grade um from for her age so she's should be a sophomore but she's a junior and um all this is backstory <laughs> and what she ends up doing is uh, applying for and going to a boarding school in Connecticut, where she just assumes she's going to continue her trajectory as, you know, smart and doing well and, and so forth. And it's a disaster. Like she, you know, when, when we meet her, she is uh, already in this s- sort of state of um, 
anxiety because she doesn't, she's not doing well. Her grades are mediocre. She has no friends. Um, she can't quite figure out what to do. She feels like a, uh, I was gonna say fish out of water, but she feels just, just everything's wrong. And she decides this Christmas that she's gonna go back to her hometown and she's probably gonna stay there. She's not gonna go back because it's she's failed. And so when she arrives back into her small town of Christmas, Oklahoma, thinking everything is going to be exactly as she left six months ago, nothing is like it was <laughs> when she left six months ago. Her best friend is now dating her boyfriend, neither of them, her ex-boyfriend, excuse me, Brody, um, neither her her best friend or her ex-boyfriend managed to tell her this in the last six months that this was happening. Um, she just sort of stumbled on it on her own. Uh, her parents are separated. They didn't tell her this either, even though they have weekly phone calls. Um, and her nemesis from high school, Aisha, is now working at her grandmother's inn and will be they'll be working together over this Christmas break, right? So when we meet, Finley, you know, when the Christmas story starts itself, she's just like, this is, this, <laughs> this Christmas sucks. And then Arthur arrives and Arthur is Arthur Chakrabarti Watercress, which I find a name that makes yeah, it's a good name. <laughs> it's just one of those <laughs> names where I knew it was going to be Chakrabarti, but I could like when Watercress popped in my head, my mom asked me this. She's like, why Watercress? I'm like, I couldn't I couldn't get it out of my head. I was like, I just thought, God, it, you know, this is a, but it just stayed. And I kept trying to come up with different names. And, and this was the name that stuck. And after a while as a writer, you know, when something keeps, keeps coming back, you finally just say, okay, that's yeah. what it is then, you know? Just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I, I, you almost want to be like, well, that's not the name I would have chosen. Yeah. Like, but, you know? <laughs> and so, um, so Arthur Chakrabarty Watercress is a student at her boarding school and he's British and he has his own demons that he's dealing with. And he arrives with his aunt, Aunt Esha, and who is um, both, and both are English, you know, even though they are, uh, his aunt is of Indi full Indian descent and Arthur is half Indian um, uh, and half um, uh, English. I mean, white, I guess, white right. English, you know, Anglo-Saxon. Right. And, um, and then they arrive and they've been, you know, led to believe that Christmas is the sparkling, perfect Christmas holiday town. And it is anything but. And so Arthur is upset with, with, with Finley, yeah. essentially. And, they, they, and he's kind of a bit of a, um, gosh, he's a bit of a, a uptight little snob when we first yeah. meet him. He's a little mix of, of um, uh, Mr. Darcy and um, God, so just an uptight, mm -hmm. just uptight brat when you kind of meet yeah. him, and um, and he basically tells Finley like you, you know, you better make this up to me, and so she's like, fine, whatever, you know, I've nothing else to do except wall in my own self pity. So that's the beginning of the story. Is mm -hmm. is all of that is is the backstory to Arthur and Finley working together to show his his aunt uh, um, and him uh, the, the perfect Christmas here in Christmas. And then wacky yeah. hijinks ensue. <laughs> it's really, it's really fun. And I have to say, like a lot of times the, the kind of angsty teenager kind of stories are not for me. Like even mm -hmm. if I recognize that they're well done, it's just like one of my least favorite genres. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> just like well, I, thanks I for can't. taking it on <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we recently uh, marissa and i recently uh ranked the freaky friday movies and watching all four of those within the course of like two days because there's four of them believe it or not um was a lot uh, yeah. it was a lot of teenage angst i was like <laughs> <laughs> wait we're talking like jodie foster yeah Jody, yeah there's four of them believe it or not there's there's one with there's Jodie Foster, there's one with Shelley Long and Gabby Hoffman that in from the 90s. Oh. Yeah, that no one knows about. And then there's which is actually really good. And then there's <laughs> one from <laughs> there's the Jamie Lee Curtis, Lindsay Lohan, and then there was a musical right. that they what? made. Yeah, a musical a couple of years ago. 2018. No I idea. Think. 
I only know about the the Jodie Foster and the uh, Jamie Lee Curtis movie. Yeah, so you got to listen to the ranking. (laughs) I do. I clearly do. I need to like get up to date on that. I good on you for diving into this really unexplored, you know, question. And I thank you for answering. What did you come up with? Who was your which one was your favorite? The favorite. Yeah, I actually, that, my ranking, I know you will check out the actual episode, but I actually, <laughs> the Shelly, no, the Shelly Long one actually was my favorite. I thought she really? was, yeah, I thought she was the best teenager inside mom. Okay. Right. Got so, it. right. Got it. <laughs> so she was, she was, the best. but it's shocking because that, that movie was made for, for like ABC, uh, wild world, Disney, whatever. Um, in uh, 1995, and uh-huh. both her and the teenager smoke in that movie, which it's you so, would never see in a million years now, ever. It's I was it's like, so funny. Whoa. I just watched Poltergeist the other day, uh-huh. right? And 80s movie horror film, yeah. and stuff. But like just watching it and this and all the stuff that you cannot do today yeah. for good reason by the way i'm not I'm like I'm 95 not isn't that long ago though like i was yeah. in high school and it's not that long ago and that's why i was just i was so surprised that you know like because so she's a the mom is a smoker so when she's in the teenager body all this she's smoking and i was just like whoa yeah, I mean, I think that's probably. I would not be surprised at all if that's the reason why that version is not on Disney Plus is because of that. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all because I remember years when I first was diving into the world of I'm bringing it back to Hallmark um, <laughs> to do to do yeah. my first Hallmark movie, and I was just trying to figure out like what what is this? You know, what, I yeah. said yes that I could do it, but I didn't have a clue what I was getting into. So I just watched a bunch of them, and one of them I can't remember. Um, which one who the actors or whatever it was actually a really good uh-huh. a good one but it was and it was set around the world of like barista it was like a barista competition and this oh woman yeah at the, very, the wish list right is it the wish list okay there is right? one at the end at least a barista competition yeah it's a barista competition yes and she made a wish list of everything that she wanted yeah to yeah, yeah that's everything, a- everything that she might right i thought it was adorable i was yeah. like okay this is actually pretty cute but he smoked in it yeah and i can't i haven't found that since then yeah. like in the ensuing years it, it, they aired it a few times and then it was just gone yeah. and i was like i wonder if it's the smoking you know is yeah. it like can you just <laughs> can't do that anymore you know like, or even in jimmy yeah. williams and poltergeist breaks out the bo- the the cigar box full of pot and i'm like what is happening right now like <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of crazy but yeah so like I don't know just these sort of grumpy teens that are just kind of miserable it is not my favorite genre even when Mm -hmm. I think it's done well like Lady Bird for instance it's a good movie but I decide much more with the mom than with the teenager no I do there was definitely moments where I'm like oh come on come on like you're a (laughs) lot bigger you're a lot to handle yeah you're a lot but anyway and so it's a tricky genre for me and uh, and so I started to read and I'm like this is this is funny and that's what I think makes a difference is you know that was the most fun yeah yeah yeah. was being able to be funny (laughs) like to just and to be funny in a weird way like the axe the the axe uh and drac moses twins would Mm -hmm. never make it into a hallmark movie Right. They just wouldn't, you know, the whole yeah. reindeer sleigh ride um, of just, just, there was insanity. <laughs> yeah. But uh, well, in the, the cookie making scene is really fun. <laughs> Where she um, burns them. Like, yeah, you can't yeah. burn Christmas cookies. Like, I'm not allowed to burn Christmas cookies. Like, yeah. I just, I just tried it and I got, it, get, it got thrown out. I'm like, turn it. <laughs> and, like, at best, you might have like a, a uh, flower fight of some kind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> By the way, I, cut, cut to gingerbread miracle. We've got a flower fight in our um in our between our two leads. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought you did a really good job of kind of taking on some of those tropes, you know, that are part of the genre. And I actually even have a little quote that I wanted to that I thought was really oh. funny that I want to talk to you about. So sure. this is from the book. It's not spoilery or anything. It just it says. 
He says, I'm heavy talked out. I just want to lie on a sofa and watch a fluffy (laughs) Christmas movie and then watch the snow come down. Mom smiled. That sounds like a lovely evening, honey. Dad nodded. I have a few saved on my DVR in the cottage. She and I both shifted to look at him. Who are you? She said. And I added, (laughs) you hate those movies. Some are better than others. He chewed another (laughs) bite. They've been making me feel better lately. Mom regarded him. Now curious, which ones do you have saved? While you were sleeping and Christmas in Connecticut, she positively melted. Those are my favorites. Their their eyes met. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I I really enjoyed that. The mom and dad dynamic. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. And just that I think that you capture the the dynamic of what makes these movies and these stories, if it's a novel why we like them. It's that comfort that, you know, I've been having a hard time. He says, and, uh, that, uh, they make me feel better. Yeah. They They make make me feel feel better. better. Yeah. They've they've been making me feel better lately. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what I think is the the most, I've been actually asked this a few times from a, a few different angles. Like why, what is it about Christmas movies or stories in general that people, gravitate towards and have so clearly gravitated for, towards I think there's like 150 Christmas movies coming out on various yeah. networks and streamers etc 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 this year when I started I think there was like 25 you know yeah. um so why why this explosion and and it is in as far as I'm concerned it's comfort food it's in it there's nothing wrong with that the world is a scary place right now and um and there's a lot of information coming at us from a lot of different sources. And there's not a lot of things that are certain. But one thing that I think, regardless of what end of the political spectrum you're on, everyone can agree on is that Christmas time is a time where everybody, the energy of the country, the world, and obviously this is a more Christian-centric perspective, shifts into one of you know goodwill towards um uh mm-hmm. or judeo-christian perspective towards the goodness of of getting together and just we're at the end of the year <clears throat> people are, are nicer to each other as for, for the most part and there's a more coming together people a lot of people go home to be with their families or they're communicating with their families you know or you know that there's that feeling to it. And so that's, uh, you know, in a world where we're all spread out all over, I mean, <laughs> pandemic aside, <laughs> when, yeah. when we were, when we were able to be all spread out, you know, it, it is kind of that nice feeling of mm-hmm. togetherness. And, and, and there's, I support that completely. Like yeah. even before I got involved in, in doing Christmas stories, um, whether book or, or a novel or uh, movies. And I think there's something comforting of just knowing exactly what you're going to get and sitting down and getting it, you know, like just being like, I, I just, I don't want to be challenged. I don't want to like, you know, I'm not sitting down to watch Dune or something like that. Like I'm just (laughs) watching a happy movie. That's just, yeah, it's it's something comforting about it. It really is. Yeah. And and especially Mm -hmm. when, so much of the the, um, the the TV series are that are the limited series that you see or the, the streamer series, they tend to be more dystopian yeah. and and kind of a darker turn. Which, by the way, is great. That's there's sure, yeah. delightful to get into. But I th- I don't think it's a coincidence that Ted Lasso uh, exploded. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because when I got done with this first uh the first year the first uh, season I just wanted to um sit down at the pub with those guys and just chat with every single one of them I loved every single character you know and in that show and there was a you know a beauty to it a kindness to Mm -hmm. it and that's something else that I think that these movies deliver when when done well Mm-hmm. is that kindness and 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 generosity are um something that are I don't want to say I don't think they're in short supply but they are always appreciated particularly when um the world around can be a a, a challenge 
Mm-hmm. And these Christmas movies present <clears throat> kindness. And I, I'm a big proponent mm-hmm. for that. And even yeah. with this, this novel for Finley, with her going through all of these challenges and her dealing with her own insecurities and, and uncertainties. Um, and sometimes, you know, you, you it was a, a balancing act between her having all of these things going on in her head and trying to, you know, sort them out because I also had to keep in mind throughout all of this that she's only 16 and she's just newly 16. Yeah. So a lot of things that adults want to, you know, would say to her like, hey kid, you know, that's not at all how it's going to go. Why don't you look at it from this perspective? She's 16 and this is, you know, she's still dealing with a lot of this emotional angst. But at the same time, at her core, she is a good kind person. And so mm-hmm. that was kind of like making, I think that actually helped her mm-hmm. um, be relatable. Yeah. In, and I think that's that the way. hardest thing about being a teenager is at least in my memory is that you have so much that you want to do. You feel so capable mm-hmm. and you are capable, but you're still so limited and you can't mm-hmm. do it in that yeah. by our society, by family rules, by whatever might happen. And so it's just very like, frustrating because you just Mm -hmm. want to be independent. At least I certainly did. And I mean, (laughs) when I was, uh, when I was 17, my mom had a a baby and I, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) and I went away to college with my mom pregnant. And so the last thing that I wanted to do was to be at home to be thinking about home, to be, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> people would say like, oh, I, you know, are you homesick at all? And I'd be like, no, really. no. <laughs> yeah. well, not really. you know what? It's funny. <laughs> like, I remember when I, when I went to college and just that for my freshman year at college was, um, even though I was only like two hours away from my home, mm-hmm. I was still within the state of Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Tulsa and I went to the University of Oklahoma and that's like a two and a half hour drive. And um, I still was thrilled to have like no, some, you know, somebody not watching me 24 seven, not yeah. my mom. Was independence. In jail. Uh, yeah. But just to have that, wait a second. It was scary. Let me tell you, there was a lot of stuff where I was like, huh, mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do I do? <laughs> but at the same time, you know, it was, it was a really nice and freeing thing. And I didn't start getting homesick until I got uh, older. And then yeah, I it, really me too. It. it wasn't until I was on my mission that I started to get a little bit homesick because, uh, when I was on my mission, they, at the time they didn't allow you to have really any calls from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that's changed quite a bit, but, uh, but, um, that was the only where'd time you, where'd you go? I went to Indiana. Oh, okay. so I was in the, in all over the whole state of Indiana and uh, it was a great experience, but yeah, I, I, I just definitely connected with Finley and her sort of desire to be independent mm-hmm. and her, her desire to control things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then like realizing she has like no control, no <laughs> you know, control. Like she, and this... she wants to control Mia. She wants to control yeah. kind of everybody in her life, uh, but she can't, that's but so she can't. And this is the other thing. This is the other thing about Finley that I, that I was very clear on at the beginning is she is wrong about almost everything (laughs) consistently. (laughs) Like she has this, this view, like when Mm -hmm. we see her, like she is convinced, like, this is what, you know, Arthur's a jerk, you know, and, and, and all these particulars about all the people in her life. She thinks she knows exactly who they are. And then you get to, when you get to the end of the the book, you're like, no, she was literally wrong, but in a good way about Mm -hmm. every single one of them, you know, and in, 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 in a way that some of it's, you know, that there's some things like that were difficult, like having to leave people, even though in her life and realizing that these people are not necessarily healthy for me to continue in this relationship. Mm-hmm. That's actually something that's a maturing thing to do, you know, yeah. for her where um, I won't say who it is because we want people to read it. Um, but <laughs> like the, the decision to not go ahead with this particular relationship mm-hmm. um, was something that I didn't learn until I got into my twenties. And I remember being like, you know, I think (laughs) that this person is not good in my life and I don't need to have them in my life. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a difficult choice to make. 
So that's true. Yeah. So you also have a storyline with Grandma Joe. I do. Yes. And I don't know how much of it we want I, yeah. to. We don't, I don't want to, I don't want I, this is a tricky one because I I want to talk about it, but (laughs) at the same time, that's one of those things where Finley gets everything wrong. Right. And that's a, it's such a, um, a turning point for, um, for her in her figuring out that she's getting everything wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just, and it, it it affects so many things. I don't want to, I know I want to talk about it, but I don't want to talk about it, but that's just for the listeners if you, um, if when you read it, like there's a, a lot of stuff going on with grandma Joe mm-hmm. that we don't really get to until the second half of the story. But, yeah. uh, but I'll tell you who I had in mind when I wrote the character, who Ooh. my visual was, yeah. uh, it was Kate, it was Kate Blanchett. Oh, and, uh, so that was who, uh, who's my visual for her in that one. Did you have a visual for Finley of who you, <sighs> so Finley was like, trying to figure out I know I I actually have photos of who Arthur is like I've literally I'll, oh, really? I'll, send, I'll send a photo to, to my manager I'm like that there you go there's Arthur um uh-huh. Finley was difficult for me to visual and uh, envision as a somebody particular because it was so from an, it was the first person narrative so it's hard for me to have like oh this she looks like um uh oh Mm-hmm. oh my god I'm looking like, at I, I don't know the like teenage actresses that well but uh-huh. I think somebody I don't know like Millie Bobby Brown like comes to mind I don't know how old she yeah. is now I she, love she's too old she's, she's 16 no <laughs> let me tell you something okay. I just this week watched Enola Holmes just this oh, good it's so good it's yeah. so good and I spent the a good portion of that movie going how is this girl 16 years old like she looks like she's 25 or yeah. 24 or something like she's or in her t- early 20s like she's I mean she's beautiful but she's yeah. also but yes that whole spirit that she exudes in Enola uh, Holmes mm-hmm. I-, I love it and I I I think Finley's a little more insecure mm-hmm. than than um uh Enola is in at least in the first half of the movie yeah. but um but but similar yeah there's a similar in- kind of in Stranger you know, Things, gonna... when she's ele- playing Eleven in Stranger Things, she's uh, she's m- more, a little more insecure than in Nola Holmes. Yeah. So she she's, has that. She's, she's, she's figuring things out. I mean, I yeah. don't want everyone to feel but like Finley is like this character who's like a bundle of, you know, uh, she's, she's pretty take charge about a lot of stuff yeah. and she's definitely doesn't put up with a lot of things. So she's, Right, uh, but she's kind of she's a bit of a uh, a little bit of a firecracker, you mm-hmm. know, in her own way. But uh, but you know, hey, she's sixteen. Yeah. I, I mean, I know what I was like at sixteen. <laughs> I mean, like, it must have been fun for you to write so many different kinds of relationships because mm-hmm. obviously, in a Hallmark movie, we you know we just typically have one main relationship. Maybe you might have a side relationship, but in this one, because in a book, you just have more time to kind of flush out. Mm-hmm these different relationships and here you've got LGBTQ relationship. You have, mm-hmm. uh, you have a younger relationship, you have an older relationship, mm-hmm. you have a bunch of different relationships you're able to write. And that must've been nice. It was delightful. It was such a, you know, because, you know, we one of the things that I, I think is, um, has been successful in terms of the streamer limited series, 10 episode mm-hmm. TV series, whatever, is they often feel like really long movies that are allowed to explore the individual relationships in a way that, you know, a 90 minute movie can't. Right? Yeah. We, we, you and I talked about this before we started and in that the limitations of a 90 minute movie, you really can only focus on the main characters for the most part um, to, to yeah. you know, the, the main love story. And you can have some, some uh, sometimes you can have uh, B stories that, that take off or whatever, but for the most part, at least within the, the Hallmark genre, you have to sort of stay within that paradigm. And with the novel, I was able to explore Finley's relationship with her dad a little bit, Finley's relationship with her mom, Finley's relationship with her grandmother, you know, mm-hmm. Finley's relationship with her ex-best friend and ex-boyfriend, and Finley's relationship with Aisha. That's a you know making a new a new friend out of a, an enemy, you know, or or hoping to make a new friend out of an enemy, and then feeling out that relationship and finding out that you know there's all sorts of complications there too. And then, of course, you know, you have the the main relationship with Arthur, and Arthur has his 
relationships with his aunt and his parents um, and his experience of why he ended up at the boarding school and why ultimately he ended up at the inn. You know, so there's all these different um, motivations and experiences and that you, yeah, you can flesh out in a much more um, uh, complete way that, than uh-huh. you can necessarily during uh, normal, I mean, yeah. excuse me, screenplays. And I had to laugh when I, when I read the, the, the whole boarding school description, because it may, I forget what the boarding school was <laughs> called in this. Do you remember? Barrington. Yeah. Barrington, Barrington. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. Yeah. So my, my grandfather had not the happiest childhood. It wasn't, it wasn't very, very warm. And uh, the best thing that ever happened to him, if you were to ask him was that he got, he went to boarding school, (laughs) Uh, which probably says a lot. Um, And I forget what the name of his boarding school was, but he wanted us all to go there. So (laughs) we were all like, no, we don't want to go to boarding school. (laughs) Right. Well, that's he loved thing. it. Sometimes he thought it was great. Sometimes boarding schools are great experiences. Yeah. Like, right. Like it can be this. And sometimes it's like, and Finley chooses to go to this boarding school, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, and here's another fun fact is in uh, Christmas with the darlings, originally the, the school that I was, you know, I was threatening the children oh, to be yeah. sent to was, was the Barrington Academy. And, um, but then uh, it didn't get, go through clearance so we had to come up with a different name at the, the oh, last really? second you know but I was like hoping to have like a little fun little inclusion on that one but it didn't it didn't happen but um but yeah Barrington Academy was just a name that I you know it sounds yeah. prestigious in and that kind of place and and just as an FYI uh the one on the sequel to so this is Christmas uh so this is love will take place at the Barrington Academy and um, will take place Ooh. directly after Finley and Arthur return from Christmas. And it's it's kind of like fo- following, um, what do you do after Happily Ever After? And, and this is where it gets complicated. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it will be, it'll, I'll tell you this, it's gonna be less cozy Christmas movie because it's not at Christmas and it isn't cozy, but it, and it's gonna be more of a teen experience, you know, your typical teen experience uh, uh-huh. at a boarding school but it's, it's how to deal with. And then the um, complication is Arthur's um, 18th birthday is set on Valentine's day and his family, the, the terrible family from England oh. just descends. So, oh, no. yeah. So, <laughs> so that's, that's been fun. So it'll be much, the Barrington Cat Academy plays a big role in um, the second book. As does Bronwyn. We get to finally meet Bronwyn and oh. all of her, her, uh, her evil machinations. Well, we'll definitely have, to have you back on when that <laughs> right. book comes out because that sounds yes. really fun. I gotta finish <laughs> writing it. <laughs> I have to finish writing the darn thing. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcasts, especially at Christmas? Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. Talk real quick about your three movies coming out uh, this Christmas season, three to four, <laughs> I guess that you're working on. Yes. The, the fourth one I, is just a polish. I, I won't, uh, yeah. Rewrite. I won't get on it. Yeah. Right. That's unbelievable. I mean, three scripts plus a book. <laughs> like, right? That was a lot did of your Christmas. family see you at all? No, they did not. In <laughs> no, fact, not. I've literally, 
the last two, I will say this, the pandemic, you know, came in an opportune time. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, to joke about a a global pandemic. Um, Hi, Larity. Um, So yeah, no, I, I just was uh, trapped in a room writing about Christmas for a long time. I actually have written uh, a bunch more uh, that, but these are just the ones that made it onto air. Like I worked on a camp movie and a bunch of other stuff but specifically the the three that are coming up this Christmas season two of them are rewrites but um you know Mm -hmm. one of them was a a significant rewrite I pretty much almost everything like (laughs) this and that's um but I won't say anyway so um and the one with um the one that I wrote with uh that has James Denton and Terry Hatcher is a rewrite and I'm uh Mark Amato wrote the first draft and then I came in and <clears throat> did a, a sort of a, a rewrite on that one and, and did my take on it. And I had, um, that was a lot of fun. That was, a, I mean, Mark really created the world and then I got to play in the sandbox. It's going to be and, so and great. I'm really looking forward I, to it. I, I have rarely had an experience, whether it's an original story or a rewrite, where I went, I know exactly what happened. And I'm like, and and I just, I wrote that thing in a very short period of time. Again, whether I've done a ton of rewrites and a ton mm-hmm. of, you know, and then originals, but where it's just that, like, fully formed, and you know where it's going. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of fun. And then when James, uh, Jamie told me, uh, didn't tell me, he was like, that he was going to that they were going after uh, Terry Hatcher to do it. And I remember thinking like, could it be, you know, like, you know, yeah. like could we really get a Desperate Housewives reunion? This would be, and then she's, <laughs> she said, yes. And apparently it was like, a, from what I understand, a, just a dream shoot. She was amazing. He was amazing. Everyone I don't know if, time. I don't know if she has done a Hallmark movie. She has not. This is her first one. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, heard green and one so that's that one's going to be really fun and so you have coming up in november gingerbread miracle with merritt patterson and and john ecker and that actually the what's really that's produced by the one and only legendary producer annie carlucci who is a dream producer she's also produced that um Picture a Perfect Christmas we worked together on. We I did an uncredited rewrite on Walking the Dog uh, and took it through production with her. That's how we met, she and I met. And we also, she produced Love of Course. And um, so she's been around mm. and doing, you know, that's just the ones that she's done with me. Like she's worked with Nina Weinman uh, Swift and she did, um, oh, oh, Destination Wedding. Mm. That was what I think she did My with favorites. Nina. And she's done, a, yeah, she's done a bunch of stuff with, with, them so she's a great producer she produced this and that she told me from set that this was just uh, a, a really wonderful experience because when you hear the story it feels very traditional which mm-hmm. is it's all about a it's all about a bakery right you know and and mm. they're not they're trying to sell the bake they're they're not trying to save it they're trying to sell it mm-hmm. and they're two old high school friends they were not romantic they did not you know weren't old sweethearts but they knew each other and they worked together and he, he uh, what the difference is, this is uh, a, a Mexican bakery. We're set in Denver. And the, one of the great things we got to do at the end of the story was we did uh, a posada. Um, and, the, and I don't know if you've ever experienced one. I have never experienced one, although I feel like now having watched, <laughs> I think, 10,000 videos about it and read so much about it and, you know, and talked to so many people yeah. about it. But it's... Um, uh, a Mexican based sort of like a story, I guess it's origin, not based, uh, or, or originated in Mexico. Uh-huh. That is a recreation of the, the night that Mary and Jesus, uh, of the night of Jesus' birth as they go from door to door seeking oh, yeah. shelter. There's a, um, uh, there's a Disney short, a classic oh, Disney short. Yeah where they show that going uh house to house the, yeah I'll, i forget which one of the it's a pack it's in the package films I, I forget which one but uh but i'll have to remember and, and uh send yeah, it to you I'd love to see like, it. um but uh but oh cool that'd be really good 
yeah, yeah they also have, have it in um uh in elena vavilar uh which is was such a well done show uh they have that in because it's a fantasy <clears throat> land that in, that has a lot of uh a lot of um latin uh ex uh and uh traditions in the land mm-hmm. in elena vavilar mm-hmm. and so they have an episode like that and i so i think that would be really neat to have it is honestly yeah. it really ended up being neat it was one of those those um brilliant ideas that annie had and i was like okay let's go yeah and um and jonathan john ecker is uh i think his parents are he i think it's brazilian i you know is his origin but he's you know fluent in in spanish and he was on queen sugar and a whole bunch of others you know and uh um narcos and all that sort of thing so he's a new face to the hallmark world um but and like he and Merritt, just seeing the the two of them together like they're going to be a really pretty couple (laughs) you know it's the short the the disney one it's called las posadas and it's in the three caballeros uh, which is one of the package films so it's it's a really beautiful thing and i have i was talking to um my my friend jorge when i needed a translation of the actual posada song at the end and i we sat down and because there's you can have different translations about it and so i basically was working with um uh jorge about making sure that i that what we had in terms of the english translation even though they sing it in spanish um at the end is is accurate so yeah it's a really i think it's going to be really lovely and it's but it is it's it's kind of a nice mingling of uh the you know the this particular the posada the the uh, having the mexican bakery um and then uh i just blanked out on how to say the mexican bakery i just and now my brain is like stuck on that (laughs) i I can't i literally said it 10 thousand times and now my brain can't remember um so and then but also your very traditional uh hallmark type story yeah and the i think it actually blends in hopefully well i haven't seen the the final cut but Mm -hmm. i I trust annie when annie says Uh oh honey it's lovely then i think it's going to be lovely i would get her on the podcast Uh, it sounds like her voice is amazing she's the coolest lady in the world oh that's awesome so yeah. you have, so you have the gingerbread miracle, you have the, yeah. the movie with James Denton and Terry Hatcher. And then what's the mm-hmm. third one? The third, the third one. Um, I just want to say the, the title up until just recently was Christmas bridesmaid, um, oh, okay. that I sold, but is now known as a very merry bridesmaid. Uh-huh. And, um, it's a, my friend, I wrote it with my friend, uh, Elena Valdez. And she came up with this idea and I was like, that's a great idea. And so we sold it uh, actually back in 2019 <laughs> and it's been sitting around because of the pandemic. It got like on pause, pause, pause. And then suddenly it was go. And, um, and the basic idea is an adult retelling of 16 candles about what would you do oh. if your birthday is um, Christmas Eve. Oh. And I, I say this as a, as a December birthday person. And I'm December 6th, mm-hmm. so I, it, you know, I can't even imagine what it's like if you're yeah. in that final week of Christmas and everyone wanting to combine things. But on top of that, we have um, our Leah, our heroine, is also having to deal with, it's her 30th birthday. It's a very important milestone birthday. Her, her birthday is Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. which also happens to be when her brother is getting married. Oh my gosh, that's a lot. And so <laughs> that's a lot. It's a lot. And it's kind of like, and everyone forgets her birthday uh-huh. and, and it's her 30th milestone birthday. And ex- except the, the best man, um, whose name is Drew, who comes back and of course was her, you know, uh, childhood mm-hmm. crush, her brother's best friend and he oh. comes back and, and he's the only one who remembers. So he secretly, um, helps her celebrate her birthday. That sounds really cute. I love yeah, it. It's really cute. And I, I see, I turned 40 this year. And mm-hmm. I feel like turning 40 was way easier than turning 30. It just because when I turned 30, <laughs> yeah. I just felt like I had accomplished nothing. And I, I had accomplished some things, but I don't know. I just, I just feel like 40, it's like I had so much more. And, and it, like when you turn 30, for most of us, you're still in those sort of grunt years. 
mm-hmm. where you're still just kind of making things happen and you're, you're just not where that you think you would have been. And yes. Uh, and you know, I was, wasn't married. I didn't have family. I, you know, I right. just felt like, Oh, I am a loser. I hadn't even started. Right. And, and now I have like the podcast, I have my own home. I have so many different things that I didn't have mm-hmm. when I was 30 that now I have when I'm 40. And I, and I, I guess I've let go of some of the like worry about some of those things that I haven't, mm-hmm. you know, that you mm-hmm. still kind of feel 30. So I, I think 30 is turning 30 is tough. I really do. Yeah. That's exactly one of the, the themes that we, that Elena and I um, approached in the story was this mm-hmm. character feeling like I have accomplished nothing. <laughs> like she's surrounded, the, the, the joke we kind of have in the story is literally her parents are doctors, her brother's a doctor, he's marrying a doctor, yeah. her ex-boyfriend's a doctor, like everyone's a doctor <laughs> on this thing, you know? And yeah. she's like, I own a shop, <laughs> you know, like I own a shop that sells trinkets, <laughs> you know? And so there's kind of this moment of like, what have I accomplished at 30? You know, her best yeah. friends are married and they have two ki- kids. She's, so it's this this kind of like thing that she's in, she's encountered. Cause yeah. I think 30 is the, 30 from in, from my perspective is that that milestone birthday where you're no longer a kid. You can't even, you can fake it yeah. a lot in your twenties. Right, you yeah. Know, even if, you I know, agree. as your friends are all starting to get it. But when you hit 30, you're like, I really am no longer a kid oh my god yeah <laughs> like <laughs> this is serious now isn't it you know and then you hit 40 and you're like oh it's okay <laughs> yeah you're, you'll be okay you know? yeah yeah Don't I think worry. so like some of the pressure's off <laughs> yeah yeah well it is but there, but that's the thing that's the in terms of uh, a very married bridesmaid um the that's what the care our lead character encounters mm-hmm. um in terms of of some of those things that she's able to it's I hope you know I you never know until I will say like Elena and I worked on it we really love this script and the producers who came on and were lovely I mean we really just um uh I'm just of course I'm blanking on their names I'm blanking on everyone's name (laughs) do you know who they cast I do, and I'm not allowed to. Oh, tell. you're not allowed to. Tell. But I, okay. I'm not allowed to. Yeah, they said I because I asked. I was like, "Can I? Can I go?" And they're like, "No, we're going to do an announcement." I'm like, "Okay, all right." <laughs> but I will say <laughs> she has. She's got a lot of followers on social media. Um, I'll say that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and the guy is on a CW show. Oh, so, okay. And I might add, he is ridiculously handsome. Ooh, so, good. That's yeah. all good. <laughs> and and um, I think she's done one Hallmark christmas movie before this is his first as far as i can tell oh okay good so, all there right we go. Tip, see there we go uh, speculate hints. all you want listening please <laughs> <laughs> and well, i think given i think it'll air probably in december is my guess okay good well that's very exciting congratulations on the book thank uh, you thank you for taking time to talk with us and so excited about your upcoming projects and even the book thank after you. that it's just very cool you should be very proud well, I am. And I'm, th- I'm very grateful uh, about being given the opportunities because that's, there's a lot of people out here who are good writers yeah. that just don't get the opportunity. And I'm mm-hmm. grateful to have been given the opportunity. And thank you. Speaking of opportunities, it's delightful to chat with you again, Rach. It's, oh. uh, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, how you doing? <laughs> I was looking forward to it. I really, really Yay. do. Uh, Always have fun. Yes. Uh, well, let us know if you're listening, what you think, if you get a chance to read the book, then, uh, then tell us what you think. And we have our affiliate link, uh, in the description. So if you want to purchase the book, check it out and I'll helps us the, the podcast a little bit. So take a look at that. And, uh, Tracy, where can people follow you on social media? Uh, Tracy, uh, T-R-A-C-Y underscore Andreen, uh, at Twitter. And then, um, I think it's similar or you can just find me on, um, the same I keep it really easy just my name at Instagram and we'll have all of that in the description so you can follow Tracy right and uh, you can follow me at Rachel's Reviews all of our social media iTunes YouTube and on Ron Tomatoes so check that out a lot of reviews coming and uh, make sure you're following the podcast at Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast all of our social media and if you are listening on iTunes please leave your ratings and reviews that really helps us so much especially during this holiday season. 
And then also, if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. We sure appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group, which you can be part of the monthly watch alongs, which Tracy has been our guest several times for those. And so, so fun. Uh, And we have in the month of November, we have Anna White uh, coming on writer, Anna White, who wrote check in. We're going to be watching check into Christmas, which is so much fun. So that's going to be a great one. And so you don't want to miss out on being a member of the Patreon. It's really cheap and it's a great way to support us. And we really appreciate that. And then we also have the merch store, which has tons of fun, festive designs. And we're going to, we got some new ones coming uh, this season. So make sure you take a look over there. We really appreciate it. And thanks so much, Tracy. This was great. And like I said, congrats on all that you have accomplished this year. It's really impressive and uh, look forward to many more interviews. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. All right. Bye everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.